0: taken more okay okay so um this week like I said we pretty much have finished up I still wanted to do the summary um it's fairly long Got a lot of scriptures um They're going to be given to you, so, you know, that's the good thing about being able to go back and listen to this again. If you miss something, go back and let's do it again. Um, So we're going to go ahead, we're going to start off um, with the Old and New Testament breakdown. And then going up into what we just talked about um, with uh, the doctrines of the Bible. At least the ten principal ones. And then uh finally we're gonna wrap up um in the book with you know what to do you know as a, a new believer. Right. So um like I said beginning with Old Testament. So Old Testament uh begins with God creating Adam and Eve. They later sin and are driven out of Eden forced to live by the sweat of their brow. And they're living in an imperfect world. Right? Because sin entered into the world. Uh, humanity becomes so sinful that God destroys the earth with a universal flood. And only Noah and his immediate family are spared. Uh, they survive on the ark. And they thus repopulate earth. Uh, sin, however, causes mankind to forget God again. But God reveals himself to Abraham and this is about uh, two thousand years before Christ. Abraham has promised many descendants and that a or a blessing that would extend to everyone on earth. Uh, Abraham believes and he becomes the father of the Hebrew people. Uh, so, Abraham begets Isaac, right? He's the father of Isaac. Uh, Isaac has a son, and his son is Jacob. Okay? Jacob uh, has 12 sons, who, of course, are the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? So, Jacob. Jacob, until you know, God changes his name, and he becomes Israel. So, now Jacob is Israel. Uh, and his family at that time, it was about 70 of them, they migrate to Egypt during the famine. Um, the Hebrew people become so numerous that they are perceived as a threat and were enslaved for 400 years. Uh, God raises up Moses and leads the Hebrew people out of Egypt. Um, they go to Mount Sinai, where they received the law. Uh, the people rebel against God, and as a result, they are left to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua then takes over after Moses and leads the people to the promised land. Uh, Israel lives in a loose government system, okay, because they were not a monarchy yet, and they were ruled by judges for 400 years. Now it's approximately 1,000 years before Christ, uh, his birth. Israel insists on having a monarchy, and so for the next 400 years, they are ruled by kings. Saul, David, and Solomon are the first three kings. After Solomon's death, Uh, The nation becomes divided over taxation. So there are now two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom, which is called the kingdom of Israel, uh, because the majority of the tribes belong to that kingdom. Whereas in the southern kingdom, Judah and Benjamin became their own tribe, and they were called the kingdom of Judah, because Judah was the biggest tribe um, out of the two. However, uh, due to sin, which, you know, as we know, they had all the wicked kings. Um, I believe it was Judah that only had like five five righteous kings or so. It was a ridiculous amount. And the northern kingdom had none. Uh, So due to sin, Assyria comes in from the northeast. They conquer the northern kingdom. Uh, Many of the people are scattered in the northern kingdom. About 150 years later, Babylonia comes in. They conquer the southern kingdom and the northern region uh, where the Assyrians were. Okay. Uh, the Babylonians also destroy Jerusalem, and they take many people captive. So note that Right. southern kingdom had 150 years to get this right. And they did. <laughs> Okay, Um, they had to answer for the sins, the mountain of of sins they committed against God. Um, About 70 years later, Persia comes in and they take over the entire Babylonian Empire. So they take down Babylonia and now Persia is. And so they're ruling from about all of that region plus um, you know, the land that they already occupied in the Middle East. Okay. Once Persia comes in, the king allows the Israelites to return to Jerusalem um, to rebuild. It's about uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's about fifty thousand people who return, and now it's about five hundred years before Christ. Uh, the people rebuild the city, the temple, and restore ceremonial worship. They live this way for about 400 years. And during that time, uh, Persia falls to Greece. Greece falls to Rome. And now Rome is in rule once Jesus is born. Okay. Uh, before Jesus comes on the scene, he is preceded by his cousin, John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist preaches about his coming. Uh, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Now remember, okay, John the Baptist and Jesus were, you know, both conceived around the same time. Uh, Elizabeth, right, that's Mary's uh, cousin. Oh, my goodness. So Elizabeth, right, um, is, you know, she was old older in age, but uh, an angel visited her husband at the temple, right, and he lets him know, hey, you're going to have a son, and you know, he didn't believe the word from the Lord via the angel. Um, as a result, he's not allowed to speak until the child, you know, comes, right, so, uh, Elizabeth, and you know, have son, and then Mary, right? The Lord it is what they call immaculate conception. So, the Lord, um, not get my words together today. The Lord conceives Jesus, baby Jesus, in Mary, okay? Um, so they were cousins, they were, you know, around the same time, but John the Baptist prepared you know, the way for Jesus Christ at this time. Okay. So, uh yeah, so he preaches the coming of the Messiah, but uh Jesus is born in Bethlehem, near Jerusalem. Uh Mary and Joseph, they moved back to their hometown in Nazareth. Okay, so that's where he grows up. Jesus, at the age of 30, according to Jewish custom, begins his ministry. Uh, He starts off in Jerusalem, and he teaches with authority and performs miracles. Uh, Naturally, this is upsetting uh, to those who are already in power. So uh, he gets opposition from many religious leaders. And Jesus goes north. Um, He makes Capernaum his home base. And he has a three-year ministry there. So his ministry is three years, and he just continues his ministry in Capernaum. He eventually does return to Jerusalem, and due to the, uh, the religious leader's jealousy, he is crucified. Uh, Jesus rises again three days later. He shows himself to his disciples several times over the next 40 days. Uh, He eventually does ascend back into heaven um, at the Mount of Olives. Before doing that, he commissions them to go and spread the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, the Great Commission. Uh, The church is established in Jerusalem. It is overseen by Jesus' apostles. Paul spreads the gospel throughout Asia Minor and Greece. Uh, So much of his work, the work that he did, further spread the gospel. Paul is eventually arrested and executed for his faith. However, he made so many disciples that the message continued on until it became what it is, today. Okay, so, and even now, you know, the message is still going forward, right? Now, that was all of, you know, that recap. I know that I went through that kind of quickly, but it's a lot, okay? <laughs> That's why I said. You can go back and you know listen to this as many times as you need to. Okay. Now, um, well, at least until next Thursday, right? So you literally have a week from now until next Thursday, next Thursday morning or so, to listen to this as many times as you need to. So if you fail to do that, fault. Is that right? Can't say, well, they didn't give me enough time, okay? Because, you know, we just said, God God gives us plenty of time to do what we need to do. Uh, he gave them 100 years when Melba was building that ark. He gave the, the southern kingdom 150 years to get it right. I mean, technically, they were in rule for about 400 years, so they had a little bit more than that. I mean, come on. We got plenty of time. We just, you know, choose to drag our feet sometimes. So, drag your feet. <laughs> okay. Do what you need to do. All right. Now then, uh, reviewing over the doctrines. Okay. Um, this was pretty lengthy in the book, so what I did was just pull out the key points and scriptures. Okay. Um, The one thing that I did note is that Andrews, you know, basically notes that this is an introduction, right? Talking about the the Bible doctrine and the things that the Bible is founded on. This is basically an introduction to that. It's designed to get your feet wet um, in the pursuit of a greater and more in-depth knowledge. That's what he says. Right, and getting one of the feet and the pursuit of a greater and more in-depth knowledge. Translation, I am introducing you to this. I am presenting you, you know, with, with the basics that you need to know, but it is up to you, the individual, the one who says, I believe in Jesus and I want to have a relationship with him. I want to grow with him. I want to be a stronger believer. It is up to you to then go and pursue this knowledge. It is up to you to dig. It is up to you to go and study, to show yourself approved. to build on that foundation. Okay? Remember, like, yeah, God saves us where we are, but we're not supposed to stay there. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be producing. Much fruit. If the plant is not growing, right? How do you expect to have fruit? How do you expect to have anything produced from that? Okay. So this is an introduction, right? We got we got the basics here, but it's up to us to go and further study. Okay. So, uh, the Bible is revealed to man by God. Uh, scripture for that was Hebrews three and seven. Um, that information was then inspired by God. Second uh, Peter one and twenty one. I'm um, sorry, verse or chapter one, verse twenty one. The Holy Spirit illuminates our minds so that we can understand the word. First uh, Corinthians. Chapter 2, verse 12. We as believers must be diligent students of the word with an attitude of faith and obedience. Uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 15. God exists. Romans 1, uh, verses 18 through 20. God has many characteristics, but here are just a few. Are the main ones? They're you know more common ones. Uh, he is all powerful. Job, uh, chapter forty two, verse two. He is present everywhere. Uh, Psalms one thirty nine, verse eight. He knows all things. Psalms one thirty nine, verse four. He is holy. Isaiah chapter five, verse sixteen. He is loving first uh, John chapter four verse eight. God is just uh, Psalms chapter nineteen verse nine. God is sovereign and he can do as he wills. Uh, Psalms chapter one hundred thirty five verses five and six. He exists in the Trinity Deuteronomy chapter six verse four. In second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14, Jesus was God incarnate and is the second person in the Trinity. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 10, although technically speaking, uh, if you just read John chapter 1, it will tell you all about that. But yes, specifically <laughs> John chapter 1 verse 10. Um, God was fully God and or Jesus was fully God and fully man John chapter 1 verse 14 Um, He lived sinless and was crucified and rose again Romans chapter 1 verse 4 Jesus is now in heaven, but he will return Titus chapter 2 verse 13 The Holy Spirit is the third and final person of the Trinity Second uh, Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 14. Uh, he is a personal being and also God. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 30. The Holy Spirit plays a role in our salvation, including conviction. Okay. Remember, God convicts us. The devil condemns us. God convicts you to lead you to repentance devil condemns you to lead you away from God, okay? So, the Holy Spirit plays a role in our salvation, including conviction. Uh, John, chapter 16, verse 8. He imparts a new spirit and inter- eternal life. Uh, Titus, chapter 3, verse 5. The Holy Spirit lives within us once we accept Christ. Uh, Romans, chapter 8, verse 9, he places us in the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 13. Holy Spirit seals us, Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, He gives us special gifts to serve God, 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 4 and 11. Angels are spiritual beings that serve God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Demons were once angels who fell following Satan. Jude, the book of Jude is only one chapter. And verse 6. Satan was the highest angel who fell and became corrupted. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. God has given us defenses against the devil, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. Humans were created by God, Genesis 1 and 27. Our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Our spirit will live forever, either in heaven or in hell. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. God made us distinct from animals. Genesis 1 and 26. Sin is the lack of conformity to God, so rebelling against God. Anything that is not of him, anything that is Contrary or contradictory to God is sin. 1 John chapter 5, verse 17. Sin brought, was brought into the world by Adam and Eve, uh, Genesis 3 and 6. Sin, oh, I'm sorry, we sin by nature. And I'm going to clarify this, but we sin by nature. So Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 3. Okay, so... Uh, What I was taught, what I learned while, you know, at at camp, right, going to the Bible studies and doing the lessons there is that before you come to Christ, you are a sinner by nature. You sin by nature because you are in your carnal flesh. Uh, You have not accepted Christ, so therefore you are just out there. You're out in the world. You're of the world. But you are sinning because it is in your nature to sin. But the minute that we accept Christ, we become a new creation. We are a new creature. We are now in Christ. So when you sin now as a believer, you are sinning by choice. Okay? So, uh, you know, just be mindful that yes, it's, It's in our our nature to sin, right, our flesh, okay, but as believers, when you go out there and you sin, it's because you choose to because you're now a new creation. You're no longer, you know, one of the dead ones walking around here uh, not knowing who God is or you're supposed to know who God is, right. Uh, And then right after that, flesh. the flesh is corrupt. Romans 3 and 23 and Romans 6 and 23. So, yes, you are prone to sin because of your flesh. That is why we will always need to repent. There is always a need for repentance because our flesh is weak. And we are subject to mess up because we are imperfect beings. Okay, but again, we do have the ability to repent for the things that we've done. Okay, and once you repent repented, you turn away from the sin. You don't just tell, it's not like, oh, I'm sorry, I did that. Oops, you caught me, God, my bad. And then you keep doing what you're doing. No, there should be some kind of brokenness or remorse something in there that's like, wow, I really just did this to God, like, my God, that I'm hurting, that I'm doing this to. Like, Lord, please forgive me, thank you for not, you know, killing me in my sin. (laughs) right, thank you for giving me another chance, another opportunity to get this right, and then turn away, okay? So. Uh, Salvation is a gift from God, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Sin separates us, but through Christ we are forgiven, Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross, 1 Peter 3 and 18. Our salvation is complete when we die or when Jesus returns, whichever should come first. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. So until you close your eyes or until he comes back, you still got work to do. Okay? Uh, The universal church is all believers all over the world. Remember uh, that we talked about that um, you know, us personally, yeah, we're under the umbrella of Church of God in Christ, which is under, you know, Pentecostal uh, faith. However, uh, the head of the church is God. God is the head of the universal church. Not bishop, you know, or deacon, whoever. God is the head of the universal church. Okay? Because that includes all believers because of whatever your denomination is, okay? Uh, so universal church is all believers all over the world. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. The local church, so that is us, the temple, right? Individual churches. The local church carries out the ideals of the universal church. We are supposed to be carrying out what God has commanded us to do, okay? And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Only spiritually mature people are to be given leadership positions. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 4 and 6 through 7. Uh, When a person gets saved, they should commit to a local church. Hebrews, chapter 10, verses uh, verses 24 and 25. Jesus will return as king to establish righteousness. Matthew 16, verse 27. God will judge all. He will judge the entire earth. Uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 10. And Revelation, chapter 20, verse 15. Uh, The universe, the old universe will be destroyed and will be replaced by a new universe, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And we will live in paradise with the Lord, Uh, Revelation 22, verse 5. That was quite a bit, but, you know, that's basically everything that we have covered uh, thus far. Okay, and now I'm just going to go over, you know, a few other things um, that Andrew kind of Andrew kind of talks about, at least in regard to uh, New Believers, okay. So, uh, the first thing is that, you know, focusing on the message of the Bible. Um, it has been said that the message of the Bible is so simple, the smallest child can understand it. And so deep that the most profound scholar cannot plumb its depths. Okay. On its simplest level, the Bible tells us that God created us in his image and loves us with a love so great he cannot comprehend it. For reasons hidden in the mystery of God's will, humanity sinned against him. This sin separated all mankind from God and destined us for an eternity in hell. Yet, because God loved us so much, he sent his son, Jesus, to die in our place. Okay, so we, you know, kind of touched on these, but let's go back a little bit, right? So that first part, the Bible is very simple, right? God's message is very simple, but it's very complex, and that, you know, the depths of God are endless, right? And I think we, you know, mentioned that too, how uh, you cannot reach the bottom of an endless well. God is knowledge and wisdom and understanding, like, power. He had all of that because he is that. So you will forever be spending your life getting to know God, forever. Um, it's it's a journey that just doesn't. It's not over until, like we said, you either close your eyes or he returns. Whichever one comes first. That that's when it's over. That's when you're done. Okay. Um. And yes, you know we uh, we sinned against him, right? Sin separates us from God. Uh, we were destined for hell, but his son gave his life for us. He reconciled us back to the Father. We now have a a chance to have a relationship with God because of Jesus who acts as that bridge for us. Okay. Um, When we believe in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, so, yes, we have a relationship with him once we believe in him, once we believe in Jesus Christ as the risen Son of God, um, and we accept him as our God, okay? And it's done by a simple act of faith, okay? Because just like we said, I think it was Romans 8:23. um, once you confess with your mouth and you believe in your hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saved. That's really all it takes. Okay? Um, remember, we're all God's creation, but we're not his children, children until we claim him as our savior, until he becomes our Lord. No, you are creation. You, you can't even become a joint heir. Right? How can you have a rights to an inheritance that you are not a child of Like life? Then? Who are you? Okay? Oh. Uh, Once we do that, he becomes our guide, right? Uh, We have a a relationship with him. We have access to everything, everything, okay? Um, So in faith, we acknowledge to God that we believe in Jesus, and we accept him as our personal God, daily and moving, to turn from our own life to follow him. God forgives our sin, past, present, and future, and gives us eternal life. Okay? Again, uh, we become a new creation, so all that stuff you used to do is over with. Your life is not your own. Okay? The only reason why you have breath, the only reason why you have life is because Jesus gave his on the cross for you, Okay. And while we're still on this earth, we are supposed to live for God. Okay, we should be committed to Him, doing our best. He didn't ask you to be perfect. He just wants you to be willing. Okay. Uh, we discern His will for our life by reading the scriptures, um, applying what we've learned as best as we can. In addition to that. We are supposed to pray and also um, integrate our lives with other committed Christians, right? In other words, you should be praying, you should be studying, but you should also have accountability. You should have people who are also believers that are going to hold you accountable in your faith walk, okay? So want to find like-minded <laughs> people, because, you know, there are people like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they not, they don't live like it, okay? No. Uh, you know, they're Christians by faith alone. You want people that are actually walking it and living it and talking it and preaching it, doing it, studying it, applying it in their day-to-day. They are not perfect, just like you, they're not perfect. They're human, but they're doing the best that they can every single day and giving everything that they've got to the Lord. Those are people that you need to be surrounded with because they're the ones that are going to keep you encouraged and help you, you know, to remember, right, who to hold on to. They're going to hold you accountable when you're slipping, when you start tripping on everybody, <laughs> right? They're going to keep it real with you. Those are the people that you need in your in your corner, okay? Uh, Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, and mind, and that the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, if you go and study that, right, the the scholar who tried to approach Jesus, and he was like, oh, he tried to be a smart aleck, right? He's like, who's my neighbor? And again, at that time, they also had racial tensions. The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along at all. Okay? And when Jesus made it clear to him that the Samaritan is your neighbor, that goes for us too. That person that, you know, whoever you have fault with. I, say, I think I've said that before as well. Uh, when somebody in the LGBTQ uh, plus community, Whether it's uh, you have an issue with race, whether you have an issue with, oh, I don't like people from that town or that city, I don't like that family, Um, I don't like people working X, Y, Z profession, whatever it is, that person is also your neighbor, and you have been commanded to love them. So keep that in mind. Okay, and, you know, Jesus is telling us, that if we can just do that, we've basically fulfilled the law. <laughs> right? We have filled the law just by doing those two simple things. Right? It's to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? So this is our task in the broadest sense because, you know, we've been commissioned, right? we got to go get them. God wants your enemy. God wants that person that, that you can't stand to be part of his kingdom too. He said all souls belong to him and he want them all. <laughs> okay. Then, finally, once our road is done, right, if, if you know, that are you in, right, you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell, but you're going to be spending eternity somewhere. Okay. So, uh, Anders does have uh, four things that he wants new believers to reflect on, right? Um, and he says, if you have come to the point in your life in which you would like to respond to God in this way, uh, tell him that in the best way you know how, right? So here are some, some suggestions and scriptures and things just to pray on. Uh, First being that, one, you should believe that God created you and loves you and wants you to have a meaningful life on earth, an eternal life with him in heaven. John, chapter 3, verse 16, chapter 10, verse 10, and Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, right? Ephesians, chapter 1 is very important. Remember we we went over that in Bible study. I keep mentioning that one too, and it's ironic how it just keeps popping up. Uh, Probably because the Lord knew that I was going to be doing this study. But um, yeah, (laughs) Ephesians chapter one. At least we went over verses one through fourteen. It's more than that, but it talks about our position in Christ and what it means to be a new believer, to be a new creation, to be this new to have all this newness in our life once we accept Christ, okay, the importance of it. So definitely worth reading. Uh, Two, tell God that you know that you have sinned and are therefore separated from him. Uh, Destined for eternity in hell, and then you want um, want to be saved from your sin and its consequences. So basically, repent. You need to repent. Uh, First, you have to believe that God is who he says he is, right, that his word is true. But then you need to repent, okay? Uh, Scriptures for that are Romans chapter 3, verse 23, chapter 6, verse 23, uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 30 and 31. Uh, Three. Believe that Jesus is the only way your sins can be forgiven and we can be made right with God. So believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the, the Son of God. Uh, Romans 5, chapter, or, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and John chapter 14, verse 6. And then finally, 4: Accept Jesus as the Lord of your life, uh, giving yourself to Him to trust and obey him, primarily by reading scripture, praying, and becoming involved with other sincere Christians in a local church. You cannot do this on your own. You can't. You know, trying to do it by yourself, you just making yourself small pickings for the devil. So, find a church home if you are new. Uh, find a church home Find people that are going to hold you accountable. You don't want people trying to be your friend. You don't want that either. You want people that are going to be real with you, that they need, yeah, should be loving, right, because we talked about that too, making sure that uh, we are providing a healthy, spiritually loving environment for anybody who comes through um, into the house of God or who joins in fellowship with us but you don't want people who um, basically are not really living up to the standard themselves or are just like, oh, it's okay, and they're, like, encouraging you to continue in sin Um, because that's just just not what you want. You want to find people, mentor or whoever, uh, somebody that is really, truly living and walking out this thing. And that's also going to take some prayer. Um, as you know, people, people can look and play the part really well on the outside, right? Remember, Satan has the ability to appear as light. So people can make him, make him look real good on the outside but are just black, just evil to their core, okay? So yes, pray that he will lead you to the church. He will me to my church. Tell you all my testimony. Okay. He will plant people in your life that are like, you know, that are going to be not necessarily your rock because Jesus is your rock. Okay. But that that iron, right? Iron sharpens iron. Iron can't sharpen itself. Okay. But if you get two pieces of iron together, you start sharpening, they'll sharpen each other. Right. So pray for that. He will lead those people to you or, you know, vice versa. He'll lead you to where you need to be. He'll plant those people in your life that will help keep you accountable and keep you on point. Okay? So, uh, trust that you are truly made right with God through your act of faith in Jesus. Okay? So the scriptures for all of that, uh, John chapter 1, verse 12. Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine and Revelation chapter three verse twenty. Now he does have a prayer in here um for those who are ready to give their life to Jesus. Like right? maybe you haven't accepted him yet. And I'm just gonna say this I really do not um not agree with stuff like that. I feel like if you really, truly want to come to him right now, submit to him now. And just be open and honest in your heart about where you are. Uh, I was talking to my mom uh, earlier this week about, you know, someone I saw, I think it was last week, maybe it was earlier this week too, but it was I think it was last week, um, this young man, he's a rapper, um, and his life was a mess. Now looking at him, you see all these tattoos. His face is just riddled with tattoos and um, just tattoos everywhere. You know, his body, you know, almost didn't have a stitch of, the, of skin left. Like, there was a lot of tattoos all over him. So looking at him, if you were judging him, it was like, ooh, like, yeah, he looked like, you know, he don't know who God is. Right? And God saved that young man. At the time, you know, when he made the video or when I saw it, um, you know, he was a new, new believer, so he had just gotten saved like two months ago, and he cursed in the video. You know, the devil got me messed up. That's not how he said it. <laughs> he cursed, but he was so excited, and so on fire for God. Um, he he pulled together a a small clip of what his life was like. He stayed in the news. He was constantly um, involved, you know, getting arrested. He was messed up on drugs um, to the point where, you know, there was a clip of him in an interview, and he just collapsed um, because he was so far gone on drugs. And yet, you know, it's like you look at him, it's just like, wow. Like, even now, I feel myself getting emotional because it's like, don't tell me what God can't do. Was he perfectly clean? You know, like I said, he swore, uh, given his testimony. But like I said, you know, he was new. And God saves him. So it's not about, your prayer is not about how eloquent you, you sound. God don't care about that. First of all, God don't want fake. Yeah, I said that. I'm going to say it again. God does not want fake. He's not want somebody, you know. I mean, if you think you can brown nose God, think again. That's not going to work. He's not amused by that. He's not amused by eloquent speeches. He's not amused by your verbiage, your vocabulary, how many languages you speak, uh, your degrees or whatever. He is moved by our hearts, our sincerity, our realness. He just wants you to be honest with him. go talk to him. Stop thinking, you know, God is the, just the coolest person that you can possibly think of. Seriously. Because he knows all your business, and he's still not judging you. Like, he just wants you to come to him. There's nothing that you can say or do that will make him just be like, nah, mm-mm. Because you know what, I saw what you were doing last week. Now nah, you you stay over there. No. It's because he saw what you did last week. It's because he knows what you did yesterday that he's like, I really want you to come to me. I can, I can heal you. I can heal those wounds. I can help you with that trauma that you've been hiding from. I can help you deal with those problems that you've been trying to run away from if you would just come to me. I know you feel like nobody understands you, but I created you. I gave you breath. I spoke over you before your mama and daddy even named you. You were mine. All you got to do is just come to me. I just want to talk to you. Literally, that's all you want to do. He just want to talk to you. So, you know, my moment, I remember sitting sort there of crying and just feeling scared. It was like this just paranoid, you know, barely could sleep, and I was just like, God, I, I don't want to feel like this, broken, I couldn't run anymore at that point, like, I had nowhere else, where could I go, like, and I just came in, I just started talking to him, I was like, God, you know, if you're there and you hear me, I really don't know if you're there or not, but I'm afraid. And I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm tired of feeling like this. I can't go on like this anymore. Help me. And it's time to walk. So it's really, you, there, there's, no, there's no speech to this. You ain't got to prepare no speech but God. Just talk to him. Seriously. That's all you got to do. Oh, yeah, you know, he does have it in here, but I'm just all for just coming to God in your realness, in your real, genuine self, and just being honest. Be honest. This is not a job interview. What? <laughs> you already got the position, okay? He, he already set the position aside for you. He just wants you to come and get it. Right? Oh. Um, However, right, uh, understand that when you're praying to God, right, so this is one of the things that I do agree with, uh, tell him the deepest thoughts of your heart, right, uh, to bless your life as you live for him. Learn more about prayer by reading the Bible and by joining other Christians for prayer. So, yes, um, he'll tell you, you how to pray which is the other thing, right, that we have a bad habit of doing. There is a prayer in the Bible as well, that I pray, Lord, my soul to keep. um and It's like, yeah, that, that's in there, but understand what he was saying. He wasn't telling you, I want you to bear this exact prayer word for war. He was teaching you what to pray for in that prayer. Pray for the good, God's will to be done. Pray that, you know, God will forgive you and teach you how to forgive your enemies, to forgive them. Pray on your enemy's behalf. Pray for the behalf of the world, not just those in your circle, in your community, but for the world. Thank him for the things that he's done in your life. That's what their prayer is about. So, yeah, then he, he gave us an example. He gave us things to follow by. Um, to live by, but it's up to us to seek him in his word and to study to get to understand it. And like I, I said, I think you know before when you're praying, when you uh, or when you're going to read your word before you even crack that thing open, before you even really sit down to study, you should be praying that he open up your mind and help you to understand. Because if I go off of my understanding, I'm going to stay lost. I'm going stay confused, right? I'm, not, I'm never really going to have a clear understanding or grasp of his word. But when I see God and I'm like, Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for another day. I always do this, my little thing, right? But, <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you for another day. I thank you for your grace and mercy as I go to study this word. Lord, I just ask that you would just help. Help me to understand if you would just lend me your understanding, your wisdom. Help show me what it is. Help me to hear what it is is that you're saying to me. Help teach me how to apply this in my own life, how this relates to me. Again, these are not things that you have to say exactly. Please don't because, oh, my goodness, please don't. But that's just an example. Like, okay, when you're praying, ask him to help you understand. That's why we pray. pray. You shouldn't jump into nothing without prayer first. Like, okay, even we when we do these studies, that's why we pray it. Okay, well, before we get into the study, in flesh, and thinking that, oh, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I did that. I taught that study. No, Jesus taught that study. You were just a willing participant, you were a willing vessel. Okay. Man, Sister Jackie, you know, she's just really, no, 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 no. God moved through you and opened up because your heart was open. Your mind was open, open now for him to come on in and plant those seeds and grow, right, to illuminate our minds. That is all God. I ain't got nothing to do with it. Okay, so just pray. If you are earnestly at a place in your life where you feel like, okay, I can't I can't go any further without him. I really need God in my life right now and I don't know how to come to him. Just come to him. He's waiting on you. Just come. Again, this is this is not an interview. You try to prepare for the interview, you already got the position. We have a new position in Christ. Just come. Um, there are many good preachers on television and radio, but be sure to compare everything they say with Scripture. Okay, there are also some who will lead you astray if you are not careful. Um, there are good books also. Ask the Lord to guide you to help you uh, to help your need to grow in Him. Okay, that is so true. More than you will ever know. Um, you have to be extremely careful what you are taking in and everything. You better check it with the word because if it is not lining up, that is false doctrine. And you don't need to be fooling anywhere. You don't want to be anywhere near that. Okay? Uh, The devil will send people by to try to confuse you. They don't even understand the word themselves. uh, To cast doubt That's why I keep stressing it is highly important that you are studying on your own, that you know this word for yourself because that day is going to come. I was there when I – it was frustrating to be full of so much doubt and questions, but you can't even refute it because you didn't even study for yourself. You don't know. You're just going off of what somebody told you, and you don't even know if that's true. So, yeah, you need to invest some time to really sit down and, and study. And get to know this thing for yourself. And each time you get into that word, it's just is gonna sharpen you even more because, like we said, it is an endless well you will be forever studying. This is a lifelong journey. And your word is your sword, and you gotta be ready for battle at all times. If you about that life with other people on the street, you better be about that life with Satan, because he ain't playing. This is not a joke. Okay, so that is it, everyone. Um, I thank y'all. You know those of y'all who've been listening in and uh, following along. Uh, next week, start our new new journey, the new book. <laughs> um, we want to say the names of God, but that is not the name of the book. The name of the book is uh, Lord, I Want to Know You. And I think she does kind of touch on uh, the names of God a little bit, um, like God's actual names, like Elohim and uh, Yahweh, like right, like what these names mean, right? But mainly Lord, I Want to Know You is focusing on, you know, God and our relationship with him, who he is in our life, Um, and it has a little bit more in-depth study of certain scripture. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. But, uh, again, this particular book, if you're interested in getting it's 30 Days to Understand the Bible. It is by Max Anders, M-A-X-A-N-D-E-R-S. A A pretty good book. I recommend it. I learned a lot from this book. So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's go ahead and pray out. Lord God, I thank you for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Um, I ask that you would just continue to stoke that fire in us, to draw closer to you, learn more and more of your word, help us to build continuously on the foundation that you have laid for us, teach us in the way that we should go, Uh, help give us discernment through the Holy Spirit, God, um, to just lean more on the Holy Spirit when discerning between uh that which is right and that which is wrong and let your word be remembrance does let it be so ingrained in us um, that given whatever situation it is the word will just pop up. Okay. In Jesus' name we pray, thank God and Amen. Y'all take care and have an awesome weekend.